it was on Wikifeed, but it was only for like, I think someone uploaded me and then they were like, well, she's not famous. I hope we're not recording now. <laughs> um, tap, tap. We are, but not <laughs> I'm Beth. I'm Richera. And I'm Anoni. And we're friends who are very online. Beth. Weren't you blocked by Piers Morgan? Yes, I was. We love intellectualising pop culture and the internet. Every week, we'll be delving into the world of pop culture and we're going to do a deep dive into all the hot takes, weigh in with our opinions and basically just get down and dirty in the discourse. Ooh, it doesn't matter what it is, TikTok trend or award-winning novel. If you can post about it on the internet, we can and will be talking about it. So, welcome to... Everything is content. Okay, um, girls, I have some words to say and I want you to tell me if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Bath, guzzle, cum. I know exactly what you're talking about. Rishira knows what I'm talking about and only looks absolutely horrified, but intrigued. Were you at a hand on the weekend? <laughs> no, I was not. I was in the cinema, but yesterday. Okay. So- oh, Salt burn. Was it good? It was. F- mm. Oh. I want to say it's fantastic. It was fantastic with some caveats. I'm really desperate. I'm meant. To- Have you seen it, Michelle? Yeah, I've seen it. <gasps> you are completely length side down because this is all I want to talk about. I'm so sorry. Salt burn. It's a it's a period piece set in 2006. It's, of course, it's devastating. Being a 30 year old woman. Is that allowed to be called a period? What I think so because it's are of the period. A period drama. I've seen it what, called a period drama. What qualifies something to be a period drama? I thought it had to be like this period, Austin. is it? <laughs> okay, 2006, Oxford University. We've got long, gorgeous Jacob Elordi. Mm. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah. And short, gorgeous, but odd, Barry Keoghan. I love him. I do too, but maybe see the film. Okay, so he plays gorgeous but short and kind of creepy in this film Oliver who is a scholarship kid self-described from Merseyside who arrives at Oxford and immediately catches sight of Jacob Elordi who plays Felix who's this like what is it called like a big name on campus Mm. completely charming untouchable a thousand feet tall eyebrow piercing yes Yes! which disgusting no but also, I think that's oh I would so suck sexy. it out of his face Ooh, I love yes. eyebrow piercing I almost got my eyebrow pierced didn't you have your eyebrow pierced I had my tongue pierced my lip pierced uh, no, so I, I had my eyebrow, eyebrow pierced yeah yeah quick question this sounds very much like talented Mr Ripley is it based on that yes it, she invites I think director Emerald Fennell invites um, both um, comparisons with the talented Mr Ripley um, and Brideshead Revisited which is more of a dated that. I've w- read the book at school. Watch the TV series. Don't watch the film. Okay. Don't bother watching the film. Both of those, I think she's completely aware that this is a film about someone like Oliver who is from, I mean, he's self-described like from the rough side of the tracks. He he has, um, he's there on a scholarship. His parents are drug addicts, alcoholics. He is not of that world. Whereas Felix is so of that world. He's completely untouchable. He's this like, He's giving like landed gentry. I think that's what he is. Yeah. And they end up in this friendship, this unlikely friendship. And via, and I won't do any spoilers, but via via like a few really unfortunate, but fortunate coincidences, family tragedies, they end up spending the entire summer together at Saltburn, which is his family manor. 
And the film is the unfolding of everything that happens with this like young, awkward, northern working class lad and this completely oblivious but gorgeous Felix. Mm. Oh my God, I really want to watch it. But also I feel like you should be able to get spoilers, so don't worry about me. And then if you're listening and you're like me and you haven't watched. Well, we can dance around them. Okay. The two of us have seen it. Yep. What I will say is, so it's a psychological dark comedy thriller or something along those lines. I was never quite sure like watching it. Is it funny? I laughed a lot. Yeah. No, it's definitely funny. It's also really shocking and really haunting and really horrifying. It's so uncomfortable. And it's it's also a very thirsty film. Mm -hmm. It's about sex, but it's like adult sex. It's not about the power plays of lust or yearning. It's about spit, blood, sweat. Is that what sex is to you? But that is, when was the last time you watched a film? (laughs) I I have not been spat on in years. If you're revolted by any of those substances, the wet and the dries, this oh, film is, is not. Oh, is it horny or is it not? I think it technically does fall under the perfume. No, no, I like, think... Does it make you horny? No. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 100%. It, no, it's horrifyingly horny, if that makes any sense. It's yeah. more like it's sex Graphic. in your face, like a slap to the face. Okay. It's yeah. about desire, obsession, that side of horniness and also like what it means for two bodies depravity it's about control sex is control and like wanting to almost like engulf people it's the whole thing about sex there's not even there are moments of sex that the scene's gone such a long time that you do feel like you've been in there for an age but a lot of it actually isn't a lot of it's just them hanging around and did that work in that context like was it yes completely because you don't want any more of it okay so apart from the sex or is that the main running theme the the, the rain when we to begin is it though I think it's meant to be. And I think this is the thing that's kind of divided everyone online at the moment. I think technically it's categorized as a eat the rich type film. But I don't know, there's there's a lot of questions about the politics of the film and whether this is actually anything to do with class and whether it's actually presenting anything. And if it's just a quote unquote vibes film. I think okay. it's a vibes film. I don't believe there is much commentary or much useful commentary. Nothing new was said I do think on that. If you're expecting a film like The Menu or Triangle of Sadness, you will be disappointed. <laughs> um, go there for the vibes, enjoy the vibes. And what was there anything set out? Like I haven't actually read, I actually saw, but I didn't read the whole thing, one review that was along these lines by Alice Murphy. I can't remember what publication it was then. And she was saying that she felt like the class narrative fell flat because yeah. the well-off people kind of, you're gunning for them. Yeah. But was it, did the film say, like, I didn't read any of the pre-press, was it set out to kind of be this sort of like, let's expose the 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 super rich or like the, the elites? I don't think so. I think I'm really struggling whether um, the director categorized this as herself or whether because there's been such a lineage of those kind of films and TV programs at the moment, people were just like, oh, working class mm. main character, film about class, this is what it's going to be. But I saw another side of things, which is I saw a piece in Dazed, I think, which was saying, can the director, Emerald Fennell, from having come from that world, really even do kind of a satire about it when she's very close to the subject matter? But what I think is really interesting about that, because I do agree, if she's so inside of it, because I think her dad is Theo Fennell, isn't he? He's like the really famous jewelry jewelry designer. And I think they are kind of like close enough to gentry i got the impression they're quite well off is not someone who is inside of something the very best person to critique it and 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 i think she knows that and i don't think she tries to no i'm 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 saying the opposite i'm saying she'd agree against the criticism i'm saying like 
would you think that flip it on its head, I would be the best person to satirize? I know it's punching down, so maybe that's the difference. But like, if I haven't grown up in a certain lived experience, would it be useful or good for me to satirize something else? Do you know what I mean? I see what you're saying. So it's like, because she's inside it, she can see it. And and did she have, or do you think that she's blinded by her own privileges and experience of it that she can't critique it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then maybe you need a fly on the wall sort of like unbiased opinion. And it is that whole punch. God, it is quite complicated. It is, it's like, you can't do it the other way around where it's punching down, but when it's punching up. Mm. It's like with the Barbie phenomena, we wanted Barbie to be so much. We weren't satisfied with just like a female-led fun pink romp. I actually have to say, I love Vibes films. And it's actually something I really miss from that early like teenage sort of like the Mary Kate and Ashley Uptown Girl, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. I know these are like adolescent movies, but there's something about them where they are for the joy. It's the color, it's the splash, it's the romance. It's like, there's nothing to be taken away. When did we get this kind of morality thing around movies where... Like Barbie has so much more messaging than anything else we've watched yeah. when we were younger. Mm. And yes, it wasn't up to our level three feminism, but obviously like loads of other people, that's the introduction. But culturally it does seem like we're all kind of demanding so much from film. And you, from women and female directors. But why, why is that? I, Do you think we think we're too smart? Maybe. I think also it's a question of like what you want from art. So I think the whole point of needing it to say something and needing it to like make a comment is kind of this question of what do you think is good art, right? Mm. So I would say, remember back in the day where Lana Del Rey would do like, you know, a video games video and the wanky music bros would be like, she's not doing anything. She's just relying on nostalgia. I feel like there's a skill in invoking nostalgia and making you feel something. I feel like watching this film, going back to 2006, being part of this, seeing all the kind of, you know, the visuals, the cinematography, it made me feel something. And also that kind of shocking storyline made me feel something. I don't think she changed my politics or any on anything or, you know, I left thinking about anything, but it made me feel something. I sometimes think that's what's missing with loads of things when they're really on the nose political or they kind of like really align with my views. It's like you feel really righteous and good that you've watched, experienced or read that thing because you're like, God, I've come away and learned something. But do you think we're pushing art, politics and ideology all so close together that it's like everything has to be everything? Rather than just useful. being, I'd a like bit, to have a feeling. A bit like, I guess, with like, influence something I experienced people wanting you to comment on everything mm. and I do think when you have a platform it is your responsibility to you know use it at the same time we're really conflating like the arts and quite highbrow politics and political ideas and I know they're always imbued because you cannot have, have art without what's happening everything in the world is- but there's definitely some kind of weird thing happening and maybe it's because our politicians are failing us so much we look to art for education or something yes. but it doesn't I don't know if people demanded this much before. You would obviously always have musicians, especially, who would be like very forthright in their political views. But I don't know if their audiences were asking that of them or if they were just... Responding to a... They were just like that from inception. Perhaps though it is, if you make at this particular point in history, and this is maybe why she did it in 2006, not just for the vibes. I mean, it's an incredibly aesthetic time. She does a wonderful job. In in a cost of living crisis with everything going on, if... if you make a film of very rich people, mm. there's the we want to watch them suffer, and it, not to say they don't suffer in this film, but they don't suffer because necessarily of you know some kind of class toppling. It's a, it's a story about individuals, so maybe she's sort of tried to 
to swerve that a little bit by saying, look, this was 2006, baby. Mm. Mm. That's why I really want to watch it. I agree with you, Asher. Things about nostalgia for me are like my favorite thing. I can't explain to you. Like when I hear, I follow that account. It's like Daily Vintage or like 90s Daily. Have you guys seen and it? It's like an Instagram Coke account. Or something like that. Coke as well. Yeah. And I'll like watch all those videos and the level of nostalgia. And then I'll look at it and it'll be like the songs from like 1992, which is like two years before I'm born. And yet for some reason, I'm like, have so many memories imbued into that song and I can sit there and that like 10 posts on a carousel will make me feel so much more than I don't know you know a film that everyone tells you to watch why are we so nostalgic is it just because everything is terrible I guess because I watched that this film and this film is gross and and grisly and whatever and I thought oh it's quite fun though yeah yeah well maybe it's also our age group like maybe it's because that was when we were no, we weren't. When we had just to like, hope, we would tan. The world was <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was so good back then. <laughs> but it was like I think at that age, maybe it takes you back to a time when it was like you don't necessarily you're not really plugged into the news, and like the world is still kind of got this veil of yeah. adolescence, and so it takes innocence. you back to the thing where you're looking, yeah, innocence exactly, and you're seeing things like through a anything lens. on the cusp of adulthood. I do think has that for me, and yeah. it's like through a revival of indie sleaze and all that kind of stuff. I think, I don't know about you, but I'm obsessed with Alexa Chung all over again. Yeah. And I've been stalking her insanely on social media right now. And I think I'm ready to kind of dive back into that scene. And I don't know, it feels cool again. At first I was really reluctant to go back there, but I'm ready. I'm ready to go back. Did you read the piece about the It Girls? I can't remember if it was in the cuts. I saw that, but I didn't read it. It was so good. And it was about, is it Chloe? I don't know how you say it, Chloe Savage. 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 Yeah. So yes, and she basically like kind of pops about nowhere. Everyone said she looks amazing. You kind of look at her outfits, and it was so random. But this concept of the it girl can't really exist anymore because of Instagram. And like it, the, these women were like ingenues. Like their hair was really messy. They kind of had no makeup on. They didn't really do any work. Their family were really rich, but they just wear this like red ballet pump. And Effortless. suddenly, everyone yes. is like red ballet pumps everywhere. And it's like that's a nostalgia thing as well. Again, I think because they were obviously always like very skinny, rich white women, but there was a time when we weren't inundated. Whereas now you go on Instagram and you're like going to another account and there's another person with a million followers who's beautiful and you're like, who am I supposed who to be? Who am I supposed to like? And also to, to get very famous, you kind of do have to do these, get ready with me. You you can't have a veil of, yeah. of who are they? There's no mystique because I've mystique. seen you in your pants trying yeah. on different things. Like an Alex Earl, it girl you have to of give the modern your age. I've seen everything. To get, you kind of have to whereas there would be a time when like Kate Moss had never done an interview yeah and like no one knew anything about these cars they'd just be seen full, and also dangling out of didn't exist so like mm. all of the clubs would be right. filled with these women smoking dancing drinking snogging no one does that anymore doesn't matter where you go celebrities are not there because they know that they can be photographed at any moment so you have all these like hearsay amazing stories and yeah. there's all this kind of like it's the imagery and law and imagination like I'm obsessed with the Primrose Hill set I love reading stories yes. about like so that's like Kate Moss Sadie Frost um, Jude Law. I can't think but it's like that those young models in the 90s and the early noughties they would live in Primrose Hill they'd walk in Soho they go out and there's just all these stories about them and they're all kind of unverified and they're all very sexy they're always having orgies with each other and now someone comes online and says look I've got a few things to clear yeah. up and you didn't have that yeah so speaking of that it girls of every decade from Vanity Fair piece you were saying there's like an it girl element insult burn right yes so rosamund pike's character elspeth who i mean rosamund pike is as good as everyone says in this iconic iconic i love her she is incredible and she plays this sort of i would say former it girl but because rosamund pike she's stunning she looks gorgeous she doesn't seem to age throughout the film but she she plays the mother of jacob lordy which sounds fucking nuts to say she plays his mother who was like she jokes at one point about 
being horrified that people thought common people was by pulp was written about her mm. things like that so she is an it girl of a of an era gone by yeah there's almost this like amazing vanity about her where she like i am um, there's a gq interview that basically speaks to her and she talks about her character a bit and it's like every conversation ultimately draws back to her and it's i think that's where the humor comes from her character she's brilliant um, rosamund pike though in that i mean she basically admits she doesn't read her own press she's like well they can say what they want about me mm-hmm. because the interviewer they're talking on the phone the interviewer says oh you know and you've got a bit of backlash for saying something it's something very trivial it's about like she said um so she did an interview with the guardian previously just before this gq interview and she says that she knows what it's like to be an outsider um and i think anyone who you know does a quick google she went to oxford i think on a partial scholarship is that right she said yeah and she says but she says she felt like an outsider because she went to like the races or the opera and didn't know the rules or so it's something it's like she went to this event and got an invite to the event but didn't quite know the rules yeah and so she went well i know what it's like to and and they have this the writer of the piece says that actually rosamund comes she was very cheerful but it reads it's quite frosty it's you can see at the beginning they have a really nice exchange and everything goes really well and then towards the end the tone flips the tone completely flips when the interviewer says oh you know you've had some backlash about the fact that you made this comment with the guardian what do you think about it and she it's almost like you can tell she's like why are you telling me this well you know it's no need for me to know this but she's so up until that point and after she's so eloquent about the film i think she would be a fucking riot to listen to but yeah oh she and i would probably not and get on great we wouldn't be great trapped in the lift together no the gq piece is brilliant it's brilliantly kind of it closes off with salt burners in cinemas now after like a very oh. like <laughs> cutting remark i mean that's in i, I went, gasped i gasped yeah reading i'd it. love to see just like someone's words verbatim yeah no fluff around them that's really interesting i wonder then how much pr involvement there was in that conversation does it seem like she was very unguarded because that, that doesn't do you know what I mean? I imagine she just sort of went in and... Celebrity interviews nowadays, I feel so like... So controlled. So controlled. And I wonder if you've got any from it because it is a... I mean, she's so smart and she's so astute on the film. She she says this thing about um, private... Why posh people are so cold? And she's like, well, because they've been... Their parents don't look after them or, you know, they're looked mm-hmm. after by other people their whole lives. Which I went, oh God, that's a beautiful yeah, really line. Yeah, really And then she sort of seems to not... And talks about, you know, cl- class mobility, social mobility and in a way that a lot of people will disagree. It suggests to me she is not on Twitter. (laughs) And that I think is what we're missing. Everything is so curated. The PR is so heavy. The celebrity interview is kind of lost all way because everyone's just going out there and telling their own story or doing like a Beckham documentary. Media training has gone too far. Robbie Williams documentary, which I haven't watched yet, but apparently I should. Apparently it's amazing. There was that piece in the Times with Linda Evangelista, which is also a stunning name. Do we know if that's her real name? Um, And I felt like that felt really authentic and it felt like an old piece of journalism. You know, when people would wait to get like the magazine or like the the supplement in the newspaper where there was this huge celebrity interview, which I really don't think they pack that much punch anymore. But I felt like that piece was really good. I read this and uh, I agree. It was a long piece and like they go out for lunch and Mm. they talk and they include the bits where she kind of looks down and declines to answer. Like it was very, yeah. I mean, I mean, she's a supermodel from the nineties. It kind of makes sense that that was the tone of the piece she was really candid as well and also i don't know if you guys saw the headline go viral because she talks about um the reason she doesn't want to date is that she doesn't want to hear somebody else breathing <laughs> which i don't know what you guys True think True as honestly hell. it's so like relatable. infamous kim cattrall quote where she's like i don't want to do anything ever 
where I, that I don't want to do is that, that I don't want to be in a situation I don't want to yeah I don't want to be in a situation for one second that I'm not enjoying it or something like that can we just talk about how how iconic it is when women basically just quote unquote give up on life yeah and they do a quote like that I think it's like low-key iconic yeah. should we give a rough summary of what that piece is about because it is quite it's quite deep and it's quite it is like the headline does suggest that it's quite chatty yeah. about her love life that is a throwaway quote which I understand it's chosen for its meaning. it was such a small part of the piece it wasn't even relevant it, you no. kind of I forgot they that knew that what they what were doing I get yeah. it they're catering to digital audience but the piece is very good because she talks one about this fat freezing procedure that she had done a few years ago that disfigured her she talks yep. about domestic abuse she talks about cancer can- cancer multiple cancer diagnoses and of course what we see is I don't want to hear someone breathing which yeah. I was like I'm going to read that. I'm definitely going to read that. I Do you know what was interesting out of all of the models? I've known her face forever, like all of those other ones, but she was never as big to me as like the Naomi Campbells or the Kate Mosses, even though she was very much like whenever that crew were kind of together, she was in there. And mm. she said, was her quote the 10,000 Yes. And she said she really it was her. That. And also I remember hearing that and finding that really inspirational. I kind of remember that being a thing that was panned around. In this day and age, that's nothing. That's People are getting cheap. paid like... Not us, just so anyone knows. If anyone wants to pay us £10,000 a day, I will wake up and I will work. (laughs) But it was interesting that she said she felt really embarrassed that she said that. Whereas actually, I thought that she kind of regretted it. And I still think that is empowering because I think especially as a model, it is a job. It's very exhausting. It's emotionally taxing. People are kind of degrading you. People kind of put models down. But it's really something which I think is probably so much more tough than we could ever imagine. And so to be like, we weren't getting out of bed for more than 10 grand a day. I think that's quite cool. We were talking just now about having someone else take our photo that we don't know and just like how awkward it is and how awful we look. Like, that's your job. You have to look good. It's taxing to be a person that's standing in front of an iPhone, like hunched over like a gargoyle. Every action, every meal you eat, how many drinks you have, how how much you're staying up. You have to like, I think people don't, always think about they think people are beautiful it's grueling like it's not it's not just you wake up and you look gorgeous it's kind of like your job is to be a mannequin I also thought what was interesting there's another podcast I listened to a journalist and they were saying how like nowadays when you interview a celebrity it's like a press junket so you'll get put on a table then we'll be out for lunch you get 15 minutes there's a PR there and then you move on whereas this you could tell she was like having she was like, I'm ready to speak. That's what it felt like. She wanted to have her say, because she has been in the tabloids. When she came out and said, I had this fat freezing procedure and it went horribly wrong. It was in the tabloids as vain older woman complains about problems she caused, which isn't what happened. And I think it was perhaps probably quite a cathartic thing for her to get to set the the record straight. In my previous more really bad body image dates, I remember looking at that treatment because one of my biggest insecurities has always been my neck at school used to call it my fac because it was my face neck so my chin kind of just connects and is that what my she neck. had to get she wanted to it basically was like to freeze the fat I think now like anyone would say I think it's like probably not that it just kind of doesn't work you need to have you basically need to have a face I think to correct it I know a lot of people still what's get it what's it though? called cryopoly yeah, it's cool, cool sculpting but it's oh, like cool it's like okay. anything like people yeah people get it on their tummies and stuff like it's like anything it could go you could get Botox and end up paralyzed like any of these invasive surgeries or, or even non-invasive commas can have you'll be very unlucky if you're going to a good practitioner, which I imagine she was. But it's like, imagine, because she's been another thing, I think that's like the problem with beauty. I mean, it's such a privilege, but if you have it and that's your capital, imagine it's like being, I guess, imagine if you're like the most amazing sports player in the world and then you break your leg and you can't play again. You have to maintain You've lost your money that thing, But not even that, imagine your mental health where it's like every single day of your life, that thing that is you, that is your power, that's what everyone sees you as, is gone. Mm. I mean, you must feel 
I know it sounds so vain, but I completely feel so much like everything is traded for her. on vanity. Yeah. And also, even if she's not vain, she's got a child support. She understands yeah. that she has to look good to make money. Yeah. She might not be, you know, vain. She's but, just doing a an operation to to continue her ability but to. But what's earn. funny, and even I'm doing it now, is like the actual thing that was really important in that piece was her talking about her ex partner, who lots of people had come forward about in 2022, which gave her the kind of, I guess ability and sense of strength to come forward about it. And I'm still bloody talking about her face freezing. So how we got here was talking about Saltburn. And <laughs> if you do want to see it, and I think you do want to see it, be prepared for something slurpy, revolting, fascinating. Do not go with a close relative, but please do go and see it. <laughs> Excellent film. Please tell us what you think. I'm going to see it with my girlfriends this evening. Um, what should I be prepared for? I mean, there's no way to prepare you for what you'll see. So just go. Don't. Oh, actually, maybe do go in with a hot dog because <laughs> you see full <laughs> schlong, which is such a Who's? gift. Who's? Should we tell her? No, no, no. We okay. won't reveal. You will see Willie. Um, so yes, fantastic <laughs> film. <laughs> tell us what you think. You will see. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Richard, what have you got for us this week? Okay, so I've been mildly obsessed with cleaning trees. Does that mean anything to you guys? It means the world. Oh, Beth, I love you. Hey, tell us what it means. Okay, so what would you think if I said on TikTok, this user called Rima has gone viral with a video of her cleaning her artificial Christmas tree? She's dousing it in anti-back and soaking it in washing up liquid before then soaking it in a bath. Did something happen to it? Did it did a dog poo on it? No, no, no. It's a fresh Christmas tree. Oh, this uh, is like when I buy new towels or bedding and my mum's like, you have to wash it first and I've already got it on the bed and I'm like, I did. <laughs> I don't Sorry, you're telling me I have to wash my tree now. I don't know if we're meant to do this, but people are talking about the fact that it's like, you know, performative cleanliness and there's this whole trend in, I think it's like Instagram and TikTok videos of cleaning influencers and clean talk. Do we think it's getting out of hand? Do you think do, do you think it's just for because there are these videos which I'm obsessed with watching where they're cooking stuff, but like you watch it and you're like, this is gonna be so good. Do you and mean they everything everybody's so creative. Everybody's so creative. And there'll be like so it'll be like a, an egg in its shell, and then they'll just put some cheese on top in a pan, and then they pour water and then add like a pepper and then like raw chicken breast and then loads of milk and then they like put it in the oven for That's disgusting. And they take it out and then they like break the egg and they eat it, and you're like is this real life? The first time I watched it, I was like, I watched it about four times. And then I've realized basically it's, it's what's it called? Clip, it's baiting. Clip, right? So, yeah, so are we, are we, do we think the so tree lazy? Is the tree thing, or is she like genuinely hyper clean? This is, this is 
what we should be doing. It's like when people said we should wash our legs and we went, yeah, we should. This also, is- just I've never admitted this because I'm already really white and really posh and I went to point. Where is this going? I don't wash my legs. I don't. Do you stop at the knees? Or? I just go armpit, then in the because there's loads of suds on the floor. I sort of rub my feet around, then I wash my hair, I wash my face, and then I just sort of I do a bit of a tummy rub and a bit of an arm. But like the legs, I'm like it's dripping down the leg. Are you all judging me? No, but 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 basically when this happened because I already everyone already sees me as this like like if there's a privilege scale I'm like far left and the only way I can move like one digit further is if I had a penis I'm identified as a man. So when this came out <laughs> because it was very much this? a white issue, it was very much like it's white people not washing their legs. I stayed silent because I didn't want people to know. I say silent because it was me. Because I was like, if I say this, it just I'm the person. The fact that I'm fucking little Miss Snow White. Why does this feel like AA? And so you tell us what you need to tell us. So your truth does. <laughs> and only you speak your truth. But also my other truth is that like I eat things on the floor. Oh, I do too. Sometimes I'm- I don't wash my hands and my rings aren't real gold. Because you know, sometimes I think. <laughs> A little bit of jump goes a long way. And actually, I never get ill, really. I know I'm a bit The best thing is nobody asks. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, my whole, the the point of that story was, I don't believe in like, I like cleaning my house. Mm -hmm. I like, but I'm like not that, germophobic I've always yes. been a kid that ate mud I have worms under my pillow <laughs> I'll say it so at the point of recording Rima's video has 1.5 million views people are obviously watching this why do we think they're watching it I've got to go and watch it right now again because at the time it's literally just a tiny minuscule bit of dirt coming off I think it's just showing off it's that oh you're not doing this oh you should do this do you think it's a morality thing do you think it's people online being like this is how things are meant to be clean talk is the wild west i love it but it is the wild west maybe there is some logic in it in anything you bring to a house it's gonna have external things in it but by that logic and i know we were doing this in covid that means you need to wash the the method shower cleaner you're buying from super do you know what i mean everything it's like it's literally plastic and i i do understand that's why i wonder if it veers into mental health or mental illness or like those kind of areas yeah i mean people are saying online like it's performative in that like you just want to show people how clean you are other people saying she's shaming people i mean she said it's an unpopular opinion Mm. she just but also so if it's her yeah that's what i mean it could just be her personal thing where she's like i don't want to have external germs in my home and in that way we differ a lot but (laughs) but it could be maybe because this is where it's so confusing it could be that she's just posting on tiktok her genuine own needs, wants, and desires. And now thousands of miles away. And now we're she's being blamed it. for like, I don't know, causing a phenomenon. But actually that's not her fault kind of thing. Or is it this is why I think social media is so tricky because nothing there's nothing that is guarding even like podcasts that have producers and stuff, people aren't necessarily fact checking what the people I've listened to so many podcasts where they'll say something I'm like that's categorically not true and nothing is said of it so Anoni it's so funny that you said the thing about maybe it's veering into mental health mental health and things like that because one of the responses I saw to this video is somebody just jokingly being like babe you know there's drugs that can help you with that and I think (laughs) with everything it kind of opens the discussion of people then just like diagnosing her with basically saying that she has OCD autism ADHD and I don't know if that's the right answer either to this she might have a really dirty loft yeah or she's just said look these are my values was it a brand new tree no no, no. i well, think well actually I i'm pretty sure it was brand new tree you need to clean your I christmas mean, tree we have no information for instance the other thing about tiktok and instagram and these platforms is like you don't have a long-standing relationship with this person especially tiktok is very randomized so like you don't actually know her history it's just a random woman being presented to you 
Whereas you, there's no context around it. So like it is hard to ascertain, but I think that's maybe why the virality of TikTok happens that way because you will see one video from a person you've never met before. You could have like a string of like the same videos, but something's just landing on your- There's too many people. There's too many people. You don't know what they're what was saying that who they are. We know too much about each other. Yes. This might be one of those where this woman's just washed her tree. And I've got an opinion about it. But also, that. what's this is what I mean. Also, don't need to have an opinion. So what if she wants the tree? But we love, this is like the online offline thing. I will spend, and as we all are very online, I'll be in this Twitter thing and I'll be like, God, I care so much about this person who had an argument on the phone with BT. <laughs> and I will read all 8,000 comments and I will form an opinion. And then you go out into the world and life just isn't like that. Like those things are so inconsequential. There's something about online where it's like, the, internet, the internet's now like our tabloid, right? I feel like these people are now like the people that we're suddenly like latching onto being like, what happened with them? What are they doing? What are they up to? And it becomes discourse. But also what happens to this woman now? So I don't know anything. I've never been on Instagram, uh, her TikTok, sorry, I'm so old. Um, she might get, you said 1.5 million views. That seems like an amazing thing. How does she maintain that? Does she have a career? Does she, she have a job? Like people go viral for the most mad things, but then you, you, you can't sustain that does that then make maybe she did a previous video that was similar she washed like another inanimate object and it got thirty five thousand views is it an escalation of view chasing hoping it's career is it do you know what i mean was it's, this an accident or was this i mean there's yeah. a market in clean talk though we know mrs hinch right yeah i mean God, yeah. anything you do whether it's like she baiting, was like the pioneer viral bait mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. anything any of these like micro genres of being internet famous there's a market for that. You can become famous. You can get a book deal. You can become a TV personality. Been there, done that. Got the book deal. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, but then it, yeah, it's then what? I mean, I find it so dull to create content in one niche. Yeah, that is. I suppose if you love you cleaning, make money. I never understood Mrs. Hinch because, like, I find her grey aesthetic. It makes me feel depressed. Loads of people hate my style because it's very colorful, but I genuinely have some like color it's a baby's development, relation it? thing, relationship thing where if everything's cream or if everything's beige or everything's gray, sometimes I have nightmares and the nightmares purely that even before like gray was a thing, that our whole house would be gray. And it was almost like a sign of me feeling depressed. Guys, so it's, very deep, you know I mean? it's like yeah, the Molly May doing her renovation of her house and like turning that amazing <gasps> green bathroom into like a beige nightmare. But I think it's this whole thing of like, I think the reason people like it is because it's like, so just like everything's in a box. Everything is just like a show home. Everything is clean. Everything's perfect. It's like almost this sense of control. Yeah. I know. I know I watch vlogs like that because it's like, my life's falling apart. I'm having a mental breakdown. I'm going to watch a vlog where like Molly May's renovating her bathroom to look beige as fuck. And it makes me feel peaceful. Would you guys wash your artificial Christmas trees no. this year? No, no. It could sit out in the garden. I would pop it away. I would get it out. I put a little bobble on it and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think to. If it could make me go viral on TikTok and make a bit of money, I probably would though. So I was in the hairdresser the other day and the woman was like, oh, have you been watching I'm a Slab? And I don't tend to watch it. So I said, no. And she said there'd been this whole bust up with the guy from First Dates and Nella Rose. And so then I obviously opened up the Daily Mail, which none of us should do. And I went on the TV and showed his comments. And I was just interested because, I, again, I'm never really in that world, but we've just had Matt Hancock on there. Hmm. And now we've got Nigel Farage. And I just think, is this becoming like rehab for terrible politicians? Are you guys watching it? No. I'm not watching it. And I think, yeah, as soon as I saw former UKIP leader Nigel Farage was going on it, I just thought this is this is dire. This is actually grim. And he got the most money as well, wasn't it? Like 1.5 million yeah. reported. Oh my God. For being what, on it. 
what is what again it feels like a sadistic want from the nation where we like we want to rehabilitate these awful people like why i think there's something really messy going on where we're asking for real political messages and art and then in sort of really kind of fun silly home entertainment we're putting in these characters which genuinely have caused huge international issues and racism and what especially in the case of Nigel Farage agreed and then we're getting him on like this silly little show and then we have a fun movie and we're like well this didn't tackle what's happening there there's something that's not going well I think well. know what's happening and, and I didn't watch and I would have watched it because the rest of the cast I'm really fond of and Nella Rose at the, the, the centre of this I mean I think it was kind of a flash in the pan thing I think she said something off the top you know in the height of emotion she's in the jungle she's probably fucking hungry and miserable and she's lost both her parents and she's very sensitive she said something which she'll learn from whatever I would have watched it for her because I'm a big fan of her but I thought boycott I thought I'm not going to do I'm not going to watch a show where we rehab a man who has said the Mm. things that he said I didn't watch anything with Matt Hancock for the same reason I don't think it makes a difference but it, it makes me sick yeah and it's just grim I feel like getting Nella Rose you know popular YouTuber Nella Rose to basically have to confront Nigel Farage on very obvious points of racism and discuss why you know black people shouldn't have to you know discourse Mm -hmm. appropriation racism do you know what's cute I don't know what it's called on the jungle in the diary yeah (laughs) she says something like it's annoying because we were actually vibing. We were getting on really well. And I mm. thought, God, what elegance and grace that she was allowing some sort of friendship or kinship to bond, like to blossom with Nigel Farage. Because I guess you're in that environment. You can't, I mean, I would probably go in and just be like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. But she was open to kind of like having I some sort of- I expect that she knows that she also has to do that. But I, she, it really felt like she meant it. And, yeah. and she was so disappointed. And I felt like that's such a shame. And also how can the public not see like what, I just think that's so generous. So she like, is to even just give fully him, herself. Like the the benefit of the doubt, or be kind, or even think that there is some humanity beyond their differences. And then he just is so willfully ignorant when he says about like, oh, you can't say anything anymore. And it's like Literally. no one was even talking about that. No one was talking about cultural appropriation. I don't know if you ever had an in, in like an interaction with a family member or like a partner's family member, and you get this like conversation coming up usually around Christmas. And it's like no one's even you talking hear the about word it. And then randomly you go, will be like, oh, well, you can't say that anymore. And you're thinking. Grow the fuck up. None of us, have, you want to have a fight. And that's what he wanted. He wanted to like make people feel bad for him. And she was so generous in her response. She was like, well, no, it doesn't have to be. It's this. And he goes, well, you couldn't dress up as a man. And it's just like, oh my God, you are dumb. And that's what people were, re- were re- retweeting. They were like, you went to private school. You're supposed to be really well educated. And you can't understand a really simple concept. But it softens like, him into a sort of uh, grandfather. He acts like it's the silly it's uncle the, figure where he's dangerous. It's the bad being dangerous. The Boris Johnson character. So just to backtrack, Absolutely. the reason they have that discussion is, I think she's talking about um, how she can, uh, I think, what is it that she says? Water. Water. Um, and then it gets into a discussion where Nigel Farage is basically like, oh, but if a white person said that, there would be an issue. There would be uproar, blah, blah, blah. My feeling about it is, I think that she's going above and beyond being generous talking to him, but I hate that the onus is even on her to have this discussion with a man that foul. And I think I would love to know what the process is around, you know, getting talent to come in to something like this, because if it were me and I had no idea that somebody as despicable as him is going to be on a show with me, I don't think that is, I don't think that's 
well-being at all i think that's disgusting it's not safe i mean it doesn't feel do they know the lineup beforehand i don't think they it's do. rumored for a long time but i assume like it must be months and months in the making i mean she is i mean you're right it's, it shouldn't be on her i don't think he should be also i don't think he should be platformed like there's no doubt as, as sweet and as pansy and as like po face he can come across by... and he also buddies up with just the most and has buddied up with the most like bmp members like people who are not even like even slightly hiding what they but what's so interesting is that that a white man can come across as dumb and it's endearing and yet a woman or especially a person of color kind of leaning into sort of like ignorance or like fallibility is immediately seen as something negative do you know what i mean whereas when a white man in power is sort of a bit dumb like boris johnson always did this people are like oh he it humanizes him whereas for a woman it's like especially especially a black woman it become something threatening it's like yeah yeah i just thought i'm not going to watch this it's not entertainment she's going to come out and she has already received so much ire from the british media um it just makes me feel a bit sad for her Mm. do you have any friends watching it i actually don't know anyone watching it right now i just think there's something really cheap about the people they've gotten onto the show and you know what i am a massive reality tv stan i'm not going to pretend to be moral in any way the genre i love is despicable in a lot of ways but just getting Nigel Farage and also getting Jamie Lynn Spears into this series there's something really low about it that makes me feel so icky it's so interesting I feel like there's been a real thread throughout this which is capturing people's attention has to come from depravity like in Saltburn outrage like on the TikTok thing or again that similar thing in I'm a Sebra it's like it seems like maybe we're so burnt out as a nation as a country we need these things that are like so extreme like i swear we used to be able to find joy in what was that show about gardening ground force no was it ground something like that yeah oh we do now we need and now we need like racist come guzzling like to watch tv i need to watch a despicable person eat a kangaroo to make maybe it's to make our lives better like maybe everything feels so disjointed has to be mean what has to go but i don't but there's it it feels corrupt i completely agree with the share i think like having those people on it's like as much as it's for views where has the where has the ethics of it gone if nigel Farage is not off limits then. Because obviously the co- people can't there's no that know that there's they, no they, they, they surely don't agree with it. It's like, this is why, and I know that some people find it really trite, but like a show like Ted Lasso, I really kind of respect because it's kind of playing on the fact that humans like nice things, that we like joy, that we like pleasure, that we like people being nice to each other. I feel like that show kind of, its idea is that humans are innately good and let's showcase that. And I get loads of pleasure from that. Whereas I think lots of other things are very cheap, like let's piss people off. The annoying thing being, you piss them off by getting Nigel Farage in and then he's able to... Drum up, he's able to earn his fee. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing, it just seems quite foul. The whole thing's rotten from the inside out and we can I see agree. who's yeah. allowed to thrive and who's thrown onto the bus. Yeah. Okay, I do feel like we should stop before we say too much for the first episode. Okay. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Everyone in agreement? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we're officially soft launched, I think. Everything is content is complete. First episode. She's here, guys. Let's go. You can follow us on Instagram at everything is content pod. And you can send us an owl. You can not do anything else that you can't follow us on <laughs> you Twitter. You can't do anything else you can do. <laughs> Just follow us nicely. And if there's anything that you want us to discuss, DM us there. DM us. Go DM on. us. Go on. Jessie, we love we're it. nice. We're open. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.